Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, Lisa, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity. I'm in the studio today with one of my old dear friends, Dr. Don Partridge, and uh, Don and I are working on a series that we're going to be sharing with you in the coming weeks. And Don, tell them, tell our listeners what that series is about. We're going to talk about uh, the divorce culture, and we're going to work with the complexities that follow that culture. I'm so glad we're going to do that because um, these are real needs. Real needs. You know, and. If, if I walked into a new church, I'm divorced. If I walked into a new church, it wouldn't be the first thing in my mind to tell everybody, well, I'm divorced. Yeah. There's a stigma. There's a shame, even though it wasn't my fault, I'd have to say, uh, that you know we shouldn't be divorced. We sh- and not only should we not be divorced, but if we remarried, we shouldn't have any problems in our second marriage, for sure. For sure. Because, you know, yeah. did we learn anything? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're older, we're wiser, we've been around the forest, and then all of a sudden we get into a family system, and the thing is so complex, and we think, why is it so complex? And we and we object to the complexity. If my step could, kid would finally line up, right. and if he would just quit, you know, and, but, yeah. but the kid, step kid has his dad or somebody yeah. talking to him. Yes. You've got all these issues, and you've got mature family systems trying to blend together. It's just over the roof. Yeah, I mean, in a in a first marriage, it's it's more of a, you know, you got two parents and the children. In a in a blended family, in a step family, you've got an ex husband and ex wife who gets the kids yeah. and tells them, "Oh, did uh, your stepmom say to do that? I don't know why she said <laughs> that. that. You know, I, oh." You know, well, you know, well, she's got this problem, that problem. That's right. They discredit one another. And then you've got the the, the grandparents also joining in. Then yeah. you've got then you've got kids going. See, now they feel like they have to. They, yeah. The grandparents feel like they have to join in because the first marriage failed and they don't want this to happen again. So yeah. now this time they're going to be reminding you of the mistakes you made in the first marriage and didn't you learn that and blah, 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 blah. And they're going to be talking to the children about how bad their dad or mom is. Oh, and, and oh my gosh. All that. I mean, and, somebody, and the aunt's going to say, well, if he would just pay his child support. Okay, so you, you so you're you're the greeter at a church, and there you're standing there, and you you see a nice couple walk in, and you go, oh, how are you? How are you doing? And uh, well, we're fine. And they're in a first marriage, and they're kind of like uh, using an illustration of a car. They're just a nice little car, and they okay. And then another couple comes in. They look good and talk good, and you say, how oh, how are you doing? Welcome to our church. How are you doing? They say, well, we're fine, and they walk in. But they've got a million things on their plate and yeah. the complexities right. that are trailing behind them. We don't see, but they have it in them. And how about the discouragement that comes when that second marriage is in trouble? Is in trouble. And Ooh. most are, mostly 65% to 70% of all blending families fail. Here's a stat. Oh my gosh, here's a, that here's, is huge. Here's a statistic out of Florida Vital Statistics. 73% of all step families with children under the age of 18 fail. Oh my gosh, so that's so the chances are even worse 
than the first than marriage. the first marriage. Oh, oh through gosh. the roof. And uh, and why we're coming to the solution of why they fail is because of the complexities. People do not understand what they're getting into. We we are lacking skill. We're lacking understanding. It's a trial and error process. You cannot have a trial and error process when you get into a plane and fly your plane for the first time. You've got to know what's going on. Yet we get into these aircraft, highly complex aircraft called step families, and we fly them for the first time, and we just don't know how. You run, we, we fly don't know into a mountain. We fly right into mountains. Because there's, oh, there's, we're going to talk about all this. And you know, what I want to tell you, my listeners, is uh, we are going to bring you solutions. We're going to bring you techniques. We're going to bring you wisdom and understanding from the Bible on how to live this new life. That, and it's very complex, as Don says. Absolutely. So how? I'm excited to no- tell you that not only do we recognize the problems, not only have Don and I been both divorced, not only have Don and I right now living in a splendid family, mm-hmm. not only do we know the suffering that goes with that, but also we know that in our families we have learned some marvelous things that have helped us produce wonderful children. So let's begin with the lousy stuff right now. All let, right. Let me, let me take you through. We're going to do the next series of programs on some, some, some pretty terrible things that happen in step families and attitudes and belief systems that come in play that start leading us down the wrong path. Okay. I want to talk about that. Yes. But I, I also want to be encouraging to say, even though we're going down this path, we're saying there's a, there's another way. Okay. And yeah. we're going to really emphasize that. But right now, let me let me let me share with you my life. Um, when when Leslie left, uh, when my ex-wife Leslie left me. I was the most miserable person in the world. And for the next 19 months, I was a doormat. I just was going to wait for her. I felt that I was in the model of the prodigal son, that she's going to go out. She's going to find out that life isn't what it is out there. She's going to be humbly coming back, wanting to restore the marriage and to be with uh, our two-year-old and five-year-old son and daughter. And everything was going to be fine. I'm going to be a patient guy. Let me tell you what you're waiting for. You're waiting for her. And my listeners who are in this situation, I'm sure will appreciate this and have done this too. You're waiting for the ex to come back and say, I was so wrong. I was so wrong. To leave. I was wrong. You are my, the love of my life. Could you for, possibly forgive me? You're, you're waiting for the day for them to come back, get on their knees and say, please take me back. And I, then you're going to say, well... If you promise to love me and cherish me, I, I will consider that. I was waiting for her to get a revelation from God that God was going to say to her, you're going the wrong direction. Right. Turn around, come back to me, uh, come back to Christianity, right. come back to the life of Christ right. and, and all that. And what happened those 19 months is a discovery process every day Mosley, it was a stake through my heart yes. every day of seeing her further and further away, further and further establishing a new life, further and further away from the things of Christ and off into the world. She secularized herself and just fully embraced something I was not embracing. And here's how it, it played out in your heart. 
Was there a phone call from her today? Was there a phone call? No, no phone call. Oh, wait a minute. Tomorrow. Oh, there's going to be a phone call tomorrow. And there, oh, there is a phone call. What does she say? Well, what is that tone of voice? Is that a tone of voice that she wants me back? Or is that a tone? I, I can't tell. And we're just dying, dying by inches on what that, was that a smile I saw in her face when I drove up? Um, I, I, and I wonder if I were to, you know, send her a really nice uh, birthday card and if I would do this or that, would it, would it maybe remind her of the love we had? You know, did I see just a spark of that the other day or what was, oh no, she's got a new boyfriend. Yeah. She, and she's, she's nice to me today. Well, Oh my gosh. And she's really kind to me. But I realize after the 13th, 15th time, she's nice to me when she wants something, Mm -hmm. when she wants more money, more time with the kids or something. Mm -hmm. And it's nice not to be nice to me. It's nice to get something for her you know, this was my life. But, you know, I think all Christians go through this because their love is real. They yeah. weren't cheap or shallow in marriage. Mm-hmm. They said, till death do me part, do we part. And uh, and so we all exercise this perseverance and long suffering. It meant something to us. It wasn't like, oh, it's going to rain. I guess I'll cancel the, the picnic. It was like, this is, I have committed my heart and soul to this. This is real. Yeah. This is real. Well, what? Okay, so this is my 19 month agonizing journey. Agonizing. And I realized, it, and it was as hard, it was even more hard the 19th month yes. to realize right. that it was over with. Right. That was so. It took me 19 Now, here's months. what happened. In, you know, my listener, if you're going through this or have been through this, you'll recognize this. The friends. The your parents said, "Oh, it's so good. You're done with her." Yes. When you're thinking, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be done with her." <laughs> oh, I'm so glad she's out of your life. He's out of your life. Yeah. Oh, you're so much better off. Oh, good. And you're thinking, "I'd give anything to have him back." I, I I would do anything. I mean, I would I would climb any mountain. What What does it take? And I even said to God, except for denying you as my savior i will do anything <laughs> right. to get her back and but every friend and every relative said i wouldn't take that i'd i'd, I'd dash her away i'd oh. go make a new life for yourself and Change i'm going the locks on the doors uh, yeah, just, that's it I throw her clothes out in the front yard i don't want i couldn't do that you know <laughs> yeah and you know um here was my prayer during the when i went through this was god don't let the devil destroy what you created that was the cry of my heart yes even after i knew a lot of things that just were horrible god please don't let the devil destroy and take the marriage you created yes yes because we were serious about it when we got married we were absolutely we dedicated serious. it we was dedicated to god it was like it was a it was a shining moment that we we were walking in the will of God. And then you have to think about, well, where's God? And I changed in my heart after 19 months. Right. And I realized that the marriage was over. And Mosley, I got to tell you something. When I realized the marriage was over, it is, that is a pivotal minute. At that to- moment in time, I started moving into war against her yeah all of a sudden 
I'll do anything to bring her back, but she's not coming back. Okay. I understand the rules of this game now. And here's my attitudes now that I had after 19 months and realizing she's not coming back because she was a fella after fella after fella. She lived with a couple of guys. She was a bad example to parenting. For the first 19 months, I'll take her back. You know, she's making a mistake. Now she's a bad parent. Yeah. She's teaching our children wrong behavior. Right. She and and I grew to the fact that she was an inadequate individual and an inadequate parent. And I grew into the philosophy that she lost the privilege of being a parent. She was to me a three-fifths of an individual, and she cannot, when she says, Oh, I love my kids, how can you do what you're doing and and love your kids? I believe she was under God's displeasure, and I was building in me an attitude that it was morally right to oppose her, to, what was I supposed to do, live like everything was wonderful? Right. You know, I, I began opposing her and exercising war against her, and here's the big one that came finally to me, Mosley, that I grew into. She was replaceable. Uh-huh that I'm going to find a woman who is responsible, Christian, loving. That's the model that I want my children to have. I do not want my children to believe that their, their, what their mother is doing and behaving, their, her mother, their mother's behavior was the model that they should live for. Right, exactly. That's what you believed. At, you went through the 19 months. And 19 you, months. And now you're into this new stage of war. And you're at war with your ex. I am. It didn't quite play out yet, but in my attitude, it began with my attitude. And, and you know, there's the scripture in the Bible that says, what God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. Now, that's a marriage verse primarily, but it's also a verse between, God, between parents and children. Uh-huh. What God has joined together, let not man. And, but I'm looking at her behavior and what I did, I started working against that Bible verse. I was thinking, no, I'm going to separate my children from wow. that mother. I never thought of applying that to a parent and children, but obviously it would. Nobody does, but it does, but it does apply. Yeah. What God hath joined together. My ex-wife gave birth to these children while we were married. God joined them together. And I began in a process carried through my attitudes of separating that relationship. Wow. Wow. So now you find yourself uh, with uh, what I'm sure you thought were the best of motives. The best of motives. I was a moral guy. Yeah. Now you're going to, but actually you're fighting against the plan of God. And I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. I, I was praying, reading my Bible, attending church, fighting against the principles of God. Yes. I didn't know it. As a good guy, people are good people. They just don't know how to behave. They don't know how to manage this new relationship called divorce. Wow. So that's what we are want to share with our listeners, that there are people listening to me right now who are good people, who love the Lord, who uh, would do anything for the Lord. But in fact, because of hurts and 
and belief, uh, various beliefs, they actually are fighting against the plan of God with their children. Yes. By trying to separate, by trying to even demonize the ex. Yes. What a terrible man he is. What a terrible woman she is. I hope you're enjoying today's edition of Real Christianity with your host, attorney Mosley Collins. You can get a free copy of today's message on CD or any of Mosley's other messages by calling our office at 916-444-4444. Now let's get back to today's message. Thank you, sweetheart. You know, I'm here with Dr. Don Partridge, the founder of Institute for Family Research and Education. Don's got a lot of things that he and I are going to share on this radio uh, program in the coming weeks. But if you want to contact Don, he's got other materials. If you're in a crisis, you you contact Don. Yes. Uh, his phone number is 925-351-7000. 925-351-7000. His website is blendingfamily.com, blendingfamily.com. Uh, he would also be available if you'd like to invite him to your church to do a class on this. Um, so... He is, uh, he's been through a lot, and he's learned a lot. I thought I was the righteous parent. Yes. Compared to my ex-wife. Of course. Well, I was walking on water, you know, in my eyes. Yes. And, I, and, and I'm the disseminator of truth to my children. And it's best, honestly, Mosley, that if my ex-wife could just go kind of, could just kind of just go away. Yeah. And, and let me. Right. Focus on righteousness, remarry, which I did. I met my wife today, Jenitha. We've been now married 20, 24 years in a blending family. She was everything I th- I wanted. She was righteous. She was Christian. She was a wonderful, real mom. She loved my children. And uh, here's, here, here's God's solution, right? Get and, rid of the, the, the mother of your children and bring in this new gal. That's correct. Yeah, and you know, you said something to me one time we were on the we were on the radio about a month ago. You said the parent that is right is most dangerous to the children. Yes, in boy, my, I see that. I it, see that. Yes, in my in uh, really the the person in their own eyes who is righteous, mm-hmm. whether they are or not, is immaterial. If in their minds they're going, I'm the right person. That X is the wrong person uh, what we find is people are lacking on how to manage that righteousness how they normally manage the righteousness is they train the children against that other parent yeah and they train themselves and all their friends and family and everybody against oh, that yeah. other parent I mean the whole family now has, has got this view of the ex that they are hardly worth living and when they date what is a lot of their dating conversation about? About the, the ills of the ex. Oh, and so, what she did so to me, what he did to what me. What he did to me, what she did to me. And so that that new dating partner, I mean, they come in tainted. Oh, this person is a walking devil. Oh, you know? that's right. Oh, they're so against the and ex. And so now what are they going to encourage their stepchildren against the that ex? Uh, ex? I mean, this whole system begins badly yeah and it starts with that attitude right. that she's replaceable or he's replaceable that but what god hath joined together let not man put put a center we have to we have to through this series we'll 
train people on how to rethink this and how to reapply this? Well, you know, um, people are going to be confronted with a choice as we go through this. Are they willing to work with the ex and to back off the accusations and see the ex as an important, valuable person in the lives of the children? Because, you know, a lot of people are going to say, I'll never speak to him again. I'll never deal with him again. Our warfare, our warfare as parents affect our children. And it's going to affect them for decades. It's not going to affect them over a weekend. Yes. It's going to penetrate into their souls and it's going to affect their, their lives. And so we have to rethink how we're going to manage this whole divorce, our own divorce and this divorce culture in our churches. You know, there are people listening to us right now who says, if, I'm, if I have to forgive my ex, I, I'll never do this. And But I'm going to tell you something, that Jesus, when he was being tortured and killed by the people he created, he said, Father, I'll never forgive him. No, he didn't say that. When Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he set the standard for us. In fact, Jesus said, unless we're willing to forgive others, God won't forgive us. So forgiveness is a healing. It looks hard, but it's God's way to have peace in your heart. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Real Christianity. This program is sponsored by the Personal Injury Law Offices of Attorney Mosley Collins. If you or a loved one have been badly injured, you need wise legal counsel. Attorney Mosley Collins has been helping injured people for over 28 years. He knows how to win your case. You can reach Attorney Mosley Collins and his legal staff by calling our office at 916-444-4444. There is never a charge until he wins your case. So just remember, dial all fours for legal help. Now here's a final word from Mosley. Thank you, Lisa. I don't want to end today's program without asking you, my listener, a very important question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you call yourself a Christian. I'm asking you, do you have a daily personal relationship with Jesus? Have you ever prayed to receive Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, or if you're not sure, call me at my office and I will take the time to pray with you and I will send you a free Bible. If you have any doubt concerning this, I hope you will call me and we will pray together for you to receive Christ and the gift of eternal life. Thank you for listening. From all of us here at Real Christianity, we pray that God will bless you and keep you and that you will live in the love of Jesus.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 